Slava Slava Glory be to Jesus Christ. Glory be forever. This is Father Basil again doing another podcast. And again, reading from this book, Light for Life, Part 3, The Mystery Lived, from God With Us Publications. And if you remember a few days ago, I was talking about how we enter into the spiritual life. So I was talking about repentance, I was talking about fasting, and I started talking about prayer. And that's what I'm going to continue talking about today. How do we pray? What do we need to do to pray effectively? The Desert Fathers tell many stories about people with an overly ethereal view of the spiritual life. Although devoted to prayer and meditation, they were also deeply conscious of the need to be rooted in the condition of human life in the world. It is said that one day, Abba John the Dwarf said to his elder brother, I should like to be free of all care, like the angels, who do not work but ceaselessly offer worship to God. So he took off his cloak and went away into the desert. After a week, he came back to his brother. When he knocked on the door, he heard his brother say before he opened it, Who is it? He said, I am John, your brother. But he replied, John is an angel, and henceforth he is no longer among men. Then the other begged him, saying, No, it is I. However, his brother did not let him in, but left him there in distress until morning. Then opening the door, he said to him, You are a man, and you must once again work in order to eat. Then John made a prostration before him, saying, Forgive me. A brother went to see Abba Silvanus on Mount Sinai. When he saw the brothers working hard, he said to the elder, Do not labor for the food that perishes. Mary has chosen the good portion. So the elder said to his disciple, Give the brother a book and put him in the cell without anything else. When the ninth hour came, the visitor watched the door expecting that someone would be sent to call him to the meal. When no one called him, he got up, went to find the elder and said to him, Have the brothers not eaten today? The elder replied that they had. Then he said, Then why did you not call me? The elder said to him, Because you are a spiritual man. I do not need that kind of food. We, being carnal, want to eat, and that is why we work. But you have chosen the good portion and read a whole day long and do not need to eat carnal food. When he heard this, the brother made a prostration saying, Forgive me, Abba. In order to keep the mind on one thing by the use of a short prayer, it is necessary to preserve attention and to lead it into the heart. For so long as the mind remains in the head, where thoughts jostle one another, it is no time to concentrate on one thing. But when attention descends into the heart, it attracts all the powers of the soul and body into one point there. This concentration of all human life in one place is immediately reflected in the heart by a special sensation that is the beginning of future warmth. This warmth then holds the attention without special effort. From this there follows a swirl of spiritual life. If you keep the heart alive towards God, you will always be in the remembrance of God.
The simplest rule about prayer is to let no images come into our mind. Having concentrated our mind in the heart, to hold fast to the conviction that God is near, that he sees and hears, to bow down before him. We must work at praying without images. Keep your mind in your heart and be confident that God is there. But do not try to picture yourself what he, what he is like. At any moment, we should pray the best we can, not as we wish or what would rather, but the best we can at that moment. Our prayer changes and develops as we change and develop. Each time we come to pray, we appear as we really are at that moment, not the way we were yesterday or before or ideally. Otherwise, the experience is inauthentic. In addition, since prayer is to lead us to communion with God, and all of creation. It is important to seek forgiveness from others and grant it and forsake all attitudes and desires contrary to that communion before we begin to pray. So when should we pray? Traditionally, Christians set aside time for each other each day for prayer, ideally at regular times in the morning and in the evening. This is not to confine prayer to those periods, but to prevent other things from approaching, encroaching upon it. Hopefully, as our prayer deepens, it will overflow these times and permeate our entire life. During these periods, it is good to have a rule of prayer. Certain set prayers, chosen with the help of a spiritual father or mother, and not changed often, that prime the pump, and help us to express ourselves honestly before God. The Psalms, traditional prayers and offices of the church, are excellent for this. After these, time should be spent reading the scriptures, or using the Jesus prayer or any other technique to reach up. A set place for prayer is good. The icon corner or a place where one can remain relatively undisturbed. Since we are body, soul, spirit, we must not become proud and disdain the use of aids in praying. Icons, candles, incense, prayer ropes, set formulas, etc. After all, we are not bodiless angels, but these are all means. The end is living contact with the living God in which we surrender to whatever he wishes. Besides using these set times of prayer, Eastern Christians may strive for unceasing prayer, following the injection of St. Paul. Pray without ceasing. In the Byzantine churches, this has chiefly involved the use of the Jesus prayer. This invocation, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner, is repeated over and over and over again becoming so much, so much a part of the believer's subconscious that he is praying even when not consciously doing so. What about intercessory prayer? Much of our prayer together involves petition for our needs and those of others. We are encouraged to do so in the scripture. First of all, then, I ask that supplications, prayers, petitions, and thanksgivings be offered for everyone for kings and for all in authority, that we may lead a quiet and tranquil life in all devotion and dignity. This is good and pleasing to God our Savior.
who wills that everyone to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. For there is one God. There is also one mediator between God and the human race, Christ Jesus, himself human, who gave himself as ransom for all. This was the testimony at the proper time. It is my wish then that in every moment, every place that men should pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or argument. Are we attempting to make deals with God or change his mind by our intercessions for situations or people, living or deceased? By no means. God loves his entire creation and everything and everyone in it. Why bother to intercede then? In intercession... God gives us the privilege of joining his loving plan of redemption. We grow in communion with him and those for whom we pray during intercessory prayer. And that communion of love and life is what he wishes above all else. He joins our loving prayers to his response of love to the needs of others. Notice that we do not tell him what to do. We merely lift up people in needs commending them to him and asking him to manifest himself and to show his loving will. Lord, have mercy. God foreknows from all eternity all of our prayers and intentions, and he incorporates them into his loving actions and interventions. This prayerful intercession of the body of Christ for all creation is typified in the type of icons known as Deesis or Great Intercession. In this icon, the Theotokos and John the Baptist, and sometimes other saints as well, are shown stretching out their hands in prayer before the enthroned Christ. They join their voices to those of the head of the body, our eternal priest, who continually intercedes for all of us. So this basically was talking about prayer from our heart. So when we pray, we have to do it from our heart, not just from our head, not just to recite words over and over again, but to basically, you know, pray meaningfully, pray with confidence, pray, you know, every breath we take should be a prayer. Every breath we take should be a prayer to God because this is how all the saints um, live their lives, every action we do. And again, you know, that story I said at the beginning of this podcast about those uh, desert fathers, you know, we still have to work for a living. It doesn't mean that we just... You know, we, we still have to work for our food. We still have to work for our, the goods we buy. But when we're working, when we are doing the things we do every day, encountering people, helping people, we are doing that through prayer. We are doing that through, you know, um, constant, constant prayer. So God bless you. Have a good day.